today we are going to talk about three beautiful babies that were failed that should have been protected but weren't. I know this is going to be hard to listen to. It was extremely hard to research. There were times I had to stop and take a walk just to get the images out of my head. I pray that you will be as outraged at these stories as I am. These children need a voice and changes need to happen. No one person can do this alone. Like the old saying says, it takes a village to raise a child. Zoe Felix, Adrian Jones, and Zach Brewer, of all are the children of that village that we failed. We need to remember them. Hello. I'm Linda Hubert, and you are listening to Beware, True Crime. If you could just take a minute and hit your share, follow, and like button, I would really appreciate it. This episode needs to be shared a lot because people need to know what is happening to these precious children and how are they how they are not being protected by parents or the government agencies that we put in place to protect them. So go get your coffee, get comfortable, because this is long and a troubling case. So buckle up and let's get started. It was the 25th of November, 2015, a Wednesday. Heather Jones called the police to report a domestic disturbance. She claimed that her husband was trying to shoot her. Police didn't know when they got there, but they had discovered one of the most horrific child abuse cases they had ever encountered. When police arrived at the house in Kansas City, Kansas, Heather told them that if they looked around the property, they would find the remains of a boy. The house was filthy. There was bullet holes in the walls and trash thrown all over the house. There were dead mice, rat poison, syringes, pornographic videos on the floor and on the countertops. When police searched the home and the area outside, they found the partial remains of seven-year-old Adrian Jones. The partial remains were found in the livestock pig pen in the yard near the barn. Heather was married to Michael Jones and they lived with seven children who ranged from the age of under two to ten. One of the children was Adrian. Adrian was Michael's biological son and Heather was his stepmother. For the first couple of years, Adrian lived with his biological mother, Diana Pierce, in Lawrence, Kansas. But when he was found at home unsupervised, he was removed from his mother's care by the Kansas Department of Children and Family Services and placed in the custody of his father. Adrian had not been seen by his extended family for a number of months and no interaction with the outside world. All of the children were homeschooled. When Michael and Heather were arrested, Heather asked her landlord, Jen Hoovers, to save images of her children from her Apple iCloud account. Jen discovered horrific images when she asked, accessed Heather's iCloud. 
She never told me that I would find pictures of Adrian. I was shocked beyond belief at what I saw, Jen said. The images were of Adrian and showed that before his death, he was abused in prolonged bar bar barbaric manner. The reality is that Adrian suffered abuse for most of his life, but in the last nine months before his death, the abuse had escalated to a degree that an adult would find impossible to cope with emotionally, mentally, physically, Yet Adrian did everything he could to fight for his life. He tried to escape. He tried to get help. He tried to eat. He tried to live. The police discovered throughout the home there were several cameras. There were cameras in every room and they doc documented some of the abuse that Adrian endured. The investigation into Adrian's life and death revealed that he endured the most horrific abuse at the hands of both Heather and Michael. In his short life, he was subject to cruel and terrifying abuse. The images and the videos shown that Adrian had been tortured, was repeatedly beaten and starved by both Michael and Heather. Adrian was punished if he tried to eat food. The abuse included Adrian being forced to stand alone for hours at a time with his hands in the air and forced to stand in stressful positions. A video was found which showed Adrian standing outside one day in the month of January. He was visibly shivering and was wearing a t-shirt and pajama bottoms. He couldn't move as he was shackled. There were other videos which also showed his hands and feet handcuffed when he was forced to remain outside. Other forms of abuse involved Adrian strapped to a table and blindfolded. When Adrian was allowed to stand, if he wasn't shackled, Heather and Michael attached cutting boards to his tiny body from forbid to prevent him from being able to sit. There was a makeshift ship cell in the house. Images found on Heather's iCloud showed Adrian with a bloody and bruised mouth and his hands were swollen. He had tried to bite through the plywood, that makeshift cell, to get himself free. There was a video of Adrian being hit in the face with a broomstick and that you could tell the broomstick had been used several times to beat him. As I was doing the research for this, I ran across these videos and pictures of poor Adrian. That's why I said I had to stop, walk around, and try to get these images out of my head. In another video, Adrian was forced to eat from a bowl with his mouth. Heather told the other children that Adrian was eating a bowl of applesauce that had bugs and dirt in it. Other images showed him tied up with a plate of food in front of him and a bar of soap in his mouth so that he couldn't eat the food. There are alarms on all the, all the doors so that if Adrian ever tried to get food, Heather and Michael would be notified and he would prevent them from eating. He was forced to stand in neck-deep water in a filthy, freezing swimming pool overnight. 
Heather's Facebook account also revealed more details of Adrian's abuse. She spoke about tasing him, and that was consistent with some of the marks that you would see in these images. The shocks would sometimes last a full 20 seconds, she spoke on Facebook, about wanting to kill Adrian, and on Christmas Day on 2014, she made a reference to wanting to simulate an episode of The Walking Dead. They no longer called him Adrian. They instead referred to him as The Boy. His ankles were bent out of shape due to the beatings and the restraints. Adrian's health had deteriorated so badly that he did not have the strength to stand up or even lean against the wall. In the last days of his life, he was confined to a white tower tiled shower stall, stripped naked and strapped to a chair, and that was where he was left to die. Police believed he was left in the shower stall for over two weeks after he died. One of Adrian's siblings told police that they heard Adrian crying through the vent. I'm going to die, the child said, and they heard Heather say, suck it up. After his death, Heather and Michael bought pigs, and, and it was claimed that they did not feed the pigs for a period of time. They threw Adrian's body into the pit. That was where the police discovered the partial remains. Heather Jones and Michael Jones were charged with first-degree murder. The pros prosecutor said that Adrian's death was the worst crime he'd ever seen in his 27 years as a prosecutor. It was the prosecution's case that Adrian had essentially starved to death and then his body was fed to the pigs. The chief deputy district attorney described Adrian as an active and curious boy who was full of life before his father and stepmother subjected him to the physical, emotional, and mental abuse and starved him to death. They both pleaded guilty to first-degree murder and were sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Heather was also sentenced to another five five years and eight months in prison for two counts of child abuse. At Heather's sentencing, hearing Heather, Heather's sentencing hearing, Heather told the courts that she felt helpless to protect Adrian from her abusive husband. She said, I can't go back now, but I truly, from the bottom of my heart, am sorry I wasn't strong enough to protect him. I wish I could take it back. Well, whatever. According to some of Heather's Facebook, she was an instigator in a lot of poor Adrian's demise. Now for our next case, the beautiful Evan Brewer. A child going missing is never a story anyone wants to hear children are innocent and for someone to kidnap them and put them in heart's way is such a sickening thing that anyone can do. During the search for this missing child, cops arrested the child's mother along with her boyfriend. Unfortunately, the boy's body wasn't found. It was found in concrete not long after their arrest. May his young boy, may this young boy rest in peace.
Police have aggressively searched to find Evan Brewer of Wichita, Kansas, after he was reported missing. When he suddenly disappeared, he was living with his mother, Miranda Miller, and her boyfriend, Stephen Bodine, at the time. Although Miller and Bodine were both arrested, it was first a separate child custody cases. Now that Brewer's tiny body was found encased in concrete at his mother's home, more charges are coming. As police broke the missing child's case, Miller and Bodine were already in the Sedgwick County Jail facing other charges. Back in July, the boy's father had gone to court to file for an order to protect his son from Bodine, whom the dad thought he was a threat. And now the boy seems to have turned up. His father was right all along. According to the Wichita Eagle, the landlord was busy cleaning at Miller's home. Then he noticed a new concrete structure and could smell a, a sickly odor coming from it. And when the, the police removed the structure and opened it up, they found remains inside. The couple had moved out of that home by that point. During their investigation, authorities discovered thousands of photos and videos of Evan being tortured. In one time-stamped image from a video dated back in March 12th, Evan is shown naked on a concrete floor. His arms and hands are tied behind his back, and what appeared to be a leather belt is around his neck. It remains unclear how Evan died because the body was so badly decomposed when it was found. On May 19, 2017, Evan was only three years old. Miller said Bodine had told her repeatedly during the night before Evan's death to go hit Evan for not sleeping. She then re reported that she decided in the morning to just go get him because he hadn't slept all night. He wasn't feeling good. So she went and got him and fed him some donuts. He was unable to eat anything without gagging. So she stood him in the corner for hours. Little Evan then collapsed and started crying. Bodine then took the screaming child into the bathroom and closing the door coming out later, carrying his lifeless body, wet body in his arms, according to Miller's testimony. Miller said that days later, Bodine told her that he wanted to take care of Evan before he started to smell. Yes, that poor little boy had died in that bathroom. So Miller went and got concrete and other supplies to bury poor little Evan. At the hearing, members of Evan's family read aloud a letter they wrote in Evan's voice to represent the child. His father, Carlo Brewer, who had been denied by Miller and Bodine and his attempt to see his son before his death, said he believed his son was present in the courtroom during the trial, guiding the jurors. Car Carlo said, my son was murdered by the by the worst monster that any child could create in their imagination. He told the court, 
I honestly believe that anyone who could do horrible acts to a child does not deserve to breathe. In October of 2018, Bodine was found guilty on all charges, including two counts of first-degree felony murder, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, one count of child abuse, and aggravated child endangerment, as a judge sentenced him to 109 years in prison. Miranda Miller pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, child abuse, aggravated child endangerment, and under a plea deal, she only received 25 years. Of torture and abuse, seven-year-old Adrian Jones died in a shower stall where he was held prisoner, beaten, and starved. Adrian's body was then fed to the family's pigs. His parents, Michael and Heather Jones, pleaded guilty to murder, but as problem solver Shannon O'Brien uncovered, there may be another villain responsible for the tragedy of Adrian Jones. He never stood a chance. That is a direct quote from a police detective who worked on the Adrian Jones case. Adrian's body wore out from abuse by his parents, and the state agency responsible for protecting him watched it happen. Every year of his life, he had events. Every year of his life, these two have failed him. Diane Keach is a former deputy director at the Kansas Department of Children and Families. He was under my, res he was my responsibility. And that's why I left, because I knew children were being hurt. And I didn't feel like I could change anything from the inside. For the past six months, Keach has worked with the problem solvers, analyzing more than a thousand pages of DCF records. I wanted to believe that this that he fell through the cracks or there's just one incident. But what I discovered then is that every single case was mishandled. Of the 28 cases we received, three in particular seemed to seal the little boy's doom. August 2011. During a state investigation of neglect by Adrian's mom, Dana Pierce, the social worker notes Adrian and his sister say someone has been sleeping in Adrian's bed and a man has been playing with the three-year-old in his bedroom with the door closed. Possible sexual abuse that is never properly reported or investigated. Is that ever mentioned again in any subsequent reports about Adrian Jones? No, it was never mentioned, ever. Adrian's mom, Dana, eventually lost custody to Adrian's dad, Michael Jones, and his new wife, Heather. But DCF records show Heather had a history of child abuse, and Michael lost a child in another state. So Adrian could have gone from the frying pan into the fire when he was given to Michael. They don't know because they didn't do a good thorough investigation as required by the statute. December 2011. While stepmom Heather was with the children, Adrian's two-year-old sister was rushed to the hospital, suffering from seizures, a brain bleed, and internal bruising. Social workers learned at that time Adrian had also been abused. It came to the attention of DCF that Adrian had a black eye, a cut on his inner lower lip, bruising on his face and back. There is no finding regarding this in the file anywhere. That means it was not investigated. After multiple additional abuse allegations, DCF puts a safety plan in place, barring Heather from contact with Adrian and the other children. December 2012. 
DCF gets a report the Joneses are violating the safety plan. Heather is back in the home. DCF paperwork shows the children are being spanked until their bottoms bleed. The social worker makes note of it, but again, never properly investigates. As soon as they discovered that Mike and Heather were back together, they should have filed a request with the county attorney to place those kids in foster care. I have almost no words for that, and that's one of the major red flags that's going on right now is that things have not been followed as per the law. Fox 4 shared our findings with Senator Barbara Bollier, who is part of a legislative task force now demanding answers about children like Adrian. Not just that it's the Adrian story, but I have been hearing this in other places with other children. This is a conversation that's in my family every day. Former Wichita mayor and Kansas gubernatorial candidate Carl Brewer knows the pain of losing a child who should have been protected. I'll always remember the day I was here at the American World in Kansas City, Missouri, and was called by the chief of police and told to come home. I'll always remember that day, and I'll remember that drive. Wichita, police are investigating whether a three-year-old who disappeared in July is the child found dead encased in concrete. This past September, the body of Brewer's three-year-old grandson was found encased in concrete at the home where he lived with his mother and her boyfriend. Brewer's son, Carlo, had been fighting for custody of the child in a battle involving the courts and DCF. Do you think child welfare in the state of Kansas is in a crisis? It's been in a crisis for years. DCF, I believe, is more concerned about protecting themselves than children. To avoid accountability for its failures, Keach says DCF manipulates, hides, and destroys information. If there is a child death, I was personally instructed by legal to take notes and then shred them afterwards. Um, I was instructed by other directors of other departments not to put any concerns in an email. I think they are actually purposefully deceiving the public. After Adrian was murdered in late 2015, DCF Secretary Phyllis Gilmore issued a statement saying the agency had not had contact with the Jones family since February of 2012, but their own records show the last contact was actually in January of 2014. Keach says she's uncovered evidence that DCF also lied to the state's Child Death Review Board. This is a 13-page report that I wrote um, that actually compared what DCF told the Child Death Review Board and what the truth is. And the basic bottom line is they omitted information and they manipulated information so that the Child Death Review Board could not see the true picture of what happened in Adrian's life. How can you trust DCF to be involved in what you're trying to do to fix child protection when there is evidence that they may have lied in these cases. It will be important to get that piece as compared to what the other people are saying, allegating. Uh, they and, and then when you put those two side by side and you see huge discrepancies, then you say, there's a problem we have to investigate further. I believe that there's criminal negligence on the on the part of the Department for Children and Family Services. If they had done their job correctly, would Adrian still be alive? Yes. I believe that with all my heart.
A 911 call came in at 5.55 p.m. Monday, October 2nd, 2023, reporting a five-year-old unresponsive next to the gas pumps at the Southeast 29th and California Avenue Dillon store in Topeka, Kansas. An EMT arrived on the scene one minute later and 45 seconds and started CPR two minutes and 21 seconds after arriving. 621 ambulance crews requested Topeka police to come to the hospital because a suspect suspected child abuse and at 639 Zoe Felix was pronounced dead. Zoe Felix is a beautiful five-year-old little girl. She had a huge smile, and the neighbors described her as a happy little girl that had 101 questions for you. Zoe had been living with her father, her older sister, and a friend friend of the family at a homeless camp behind the gas station where she had been found dead. She was living there because her mother, Holly Felix, had thrown her and her father and sister out of the house in Topeka. Zoe was allegedly assaulted and killed by a family friend at the homeless camp where she lived after her mother reportedly kicked her out and the other families out of the house. Neighbors said police and children's services had often paid visits to Felix's home. They said Zoe was often left to care for herself. Zoe has been on our on her own the entire time, a neighbor said. Everybody on the block took care of her. They fed her, they clothed her, they gave her a bath. Everybody loved Zoe except her parents. Investigators said the girl was raped and murdered. 25-year-old Michael Cherry has been charged with capital murder, first-degree murder, and rape. Cherry, a 25-year-old Topeka man who lived at the same resident as Zoe's family before relocating to the homeless camp, was arrested Tuesday, October 3rd in connection with the incident. When is this going to stop? We have got to protect our children. Mothers throwing their kids out, other mothers buying cement to have their kids put in the floor, another one throwing them to their pigs. What in the hell is wrong with you people? We have got to start protecting our children. The tragic death of five-year-old Zoe Felix is raising questions about who is to blame. I don't understand. It's just like it was, it was, she was failed. Zoe was failed by the system. The five-year-old girl was raped and murdered last week, not far from a homeless campsite where she was living, after neighbors say she was kicked out of her house, along with her father and sister. A spokesman for the Kansas Department of Children and Families says if a child is determined to be unsafe at home, then DCF can ask a local county or district attorney to petition the court to remove the child from the home. Shawnee County's prosecutor says that never happened in the case of Zoe. Neighbors say despite countless calls to the agency, she wasn't removed. 
but I don't feel like the state did what they were supposed to do. I don't feel like the police department did what they were supposed to do. Um, and I don't feel like her parents did what they should have did either. Some are pointing fingers at DCF. There's been horrific stories of children slipping through the cracks, like seven-year-old Adrian Jones from Kansas City, whose body was fed to pigs in the livestock pen in 2015. Then in 2018, a three-year-old boy's body was found encased in concrete in a Wichita home. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly promised an overhaul of the system when she took office. But Zoe's death is once again prompting concerns. Once again, I'm Linda Hubert with Beware True Crime. And if you could please hit your like, share, and follow buttons, I would really appreciate it. And please share, share, share. We need to do better as a society taking care of our youngest, our poor little children out there. So call your state representatives, call the police, call just keep calling and calling and demand that something happen we have to start protecting these babies so please please share this and let's make sure that another one doesn't fall through the cracks so until next time i'm linda hubert and beware